It's never too little to start investing, Correct. right? The best time to invest is whenever you have money. Okay, so. <laughs> that's a good way to set so. it up. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of our podcast, My Dad's Financial Advice, a beginner's personal finance podcast for anyone and everyone looking to get their feet wet in the topic. Today is all about a topic many of us, including myself, can be very confused about, and that is investing. Oh man, what is investing? What is a 401k, an IRA? Do I need to invest? And how do I start? We've got all of that covered in today's episode, and I hope it provides you all with a helpful introduction as it did for me. All right, let's get started. I hope you enjoy. So what I'm comfortable with at this point in terms of my financial journey is basically just how to manage current expenses and current savings. But that's really the extent of my right. financial knowledge. Right. So, But I know there's this whole area of, and there's so much to it, but yeah, investing. Like, what, what is that? Walk me through investing from the point of, from... You don't know anything, kind of. Yeah, basically, like this whole other area of like how to grow your money and how to manage your money in, from an investment perspective. So, um, right. So what you have yeah. is addition and subtraction. You come, money right. comes in. Yeah, that's you. all I know. You don't know, you don't know how to multiply. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, that's the way of putting it. so investment is for basically multiplying. It's growing the money. Yeah. It won't be multiplying like doubling every day or something, right. but it'll be like slow growth. I mean, mm-hmm. so money for the future, I mean, for future meaning expenses that can occur way in the future, maybe 10 years or more in the mm-hmm. future. That's what investments are for. Yeah. You can say long-term savings. Sure. For expenses that comes up in the future, like buying a house maybe, or or in general retirement, because retirement is the farthest thing. Right. Once you stop working, then, then where will the income come from? Mm-hmm. The income will come from investments. Okay. So in order to do that, when you know that investments, uh, if you just keep only addition, it won't be enough for. for if you in, just keep uh, everything in savings, so it won't be it enough. Won't be for, enough. So mm-hmm. you need to invest. Yeah. In something. Okay. So it could be in various companies. You okay. buy stocks in companies, uh-huh. or you can lend money to companies. Okay. Or you can buy real estate, mm-hmm. or you can buy things like gold. Okay. So, yeah. so all those cons- are considered investments where there is a chance that they all grow. Yeah. So one, one idea is if you just keep it in savings, it will lose value to inflation, right? Because in general, the value of money erodes, right? Mm-hmm. So the value $1 today or 10 years ago, $1 won't buy the same things right now. Yeah. So in order to keep up with the inflation and grow the money, you need to invest. Okay. So then, so you're mentioning different types. So there's stocks, real estate. So as someone who's just starting out, like what kinds of investments are good to start with? Or what should we be looking at now? So for long-term investments, stocks are the best ones. Okay. Right? Stocks meaning you're getting shares in the, some companies. So now the thing is you don't know which particular stock to invest because you have to be a professional to know which companies are likely to grow, which companies maybe go bankrupt. We really don't know that. Nobody really can predict. Yeah. So instead of buying stocks in single companies like Microsoft or Google, mm-hmm. you buy the entire market, right? Okay. You can buy everything. So instead of buying a needle in a haystack, you buy the whole haystack. Okay. So that's there's the, gotta be some needles in some, there. <laughs> yeah. So you don't know which particular company is going to grow, uh-huh. which particular company may go bankrupt. But in general, the economy grows. Yeah. Right. The stock market in general grows over time, eight to ten percent per year is what happens in the last hundred years. Okay. So 
you know, you don't know what's going to happen in the future, but it's likely that the stock market will grow at least that amount. Mm-hmm. So, and when you say buy the whole haystack or buy the whole market, you're talking about mutual funds. Mutual funds. Yeah. Okay. So there are total stock market funds you can buy. You know, if you buy Vanguard total stock market fund, which is like a index fund. But are index funds the same as mutual funds? Uh, index fund is a type of mutual funds. Okay. We'll go into the types mm-hmm. of mutual funds later. Mm-hmm. But if you buy that, that means that they are going to invest in like 3,000 or 4,000 old companies which are in the United States stock markets. Okay. And then they're going to buy the everything mm-hmm. in that market proportional to the size of the company. Okay. So bigger companies will get more like that. Yeah. So the computer will do that. So you just mm-hmm. say, give them money and they'll just split them up accordingly. And they'll do that for pull, you. Yeah, they pull the money and invest it. Yeah. So that's stock market. For long term, you need stocks. Okay. Uh, for short, and long term is what? Like 10 years or more? Yeah, 7 to 10 years. Seven, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you don't know, stock market can go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as, you know, so if you might, if you need money tomorrow, tomorrow the money, right, the don't, stock market don't can crash. So don't, yeah, don't put any stocks. So for long term, you need stocks. Mm-hmm. Then for short term, you can put it in, in bonds. So stocks and bonds are two different, you know, the, you can own something or you can lend money. So those are two different and types. And bonds are lending it. Bonds are lending it. Mm-hmm. So lend, you know, people want to borrow money. So yes. companies want to borrow money. Government wants to borrow money. When you lend them, you, you get interest mm-hmm. and hopefully your principal back after the term. So you're serving as like a mini bank to them? Yeah, you, you know, we, we are giving them money uh-huh. and they will say they will pay you. So right now the interest rates are so low, they'll pay like 1% or 2% per year, depending on that's the term of the law. Okay, I mean, 1%, that doesn't really seem worth it, right? Right now the, the interest rates are very low. Even if you put in bank account, you're getting zero point something. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's basically the highest you can find probably is 0. 0.6, 0.7%. Uh-huh. But if you invest in bonds, you might get 1% to 2%, which is okay. better. So relatively. Yeah. And bonds for short term, well, how many years is that short term? So there are short term bonds, intermediate term bonds, long term okay. bonds, right? Short term is like less than one year uh-huh. or one to three years is considered short term. Okay. And three to seven years maybe intermediate. Mm-hmm. About seven years is long term. So, so for those long term bonds, is it ever better to do stocks or better to do bonds if, if you're thinking about the same time frame? Okay, so that's where you consider asset allocation. It's a technical term that says how much you want to put in stocks. How much oh, okay. you want. The more stocks you have, the riskier the portfolio is. Portfolio okay. meaning the total, all of your investments. Okay. So depending on your risk level, mm-hmm. you might want to increase the bonds and reduce the, you know, you, you vary the loca- asset allocation based on your risk. Okay, so if you're willing to have a little bit more risk, then yeah. you would want proportionally, like more of your investments to be in stocks. stocks. Yeah, okay. so when you're young, when you're starting out, yeah. most of your money should be in stocks because you you are going to invest that for 30, 40 for years. long term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're going to invest for 30, 40 years, you can put even 100% of your money in stocks. Okay, and why, is, why are stocks more, like why are they riskier than bonds? Just because the market's so volatile? Yeah, the market is volatile. So the risk means that the variance is higher. Yeah. So the, it can go down much further or it can go up much further than bonds. So anytime you want to sell it, it may be lower, it may be higher. So but the chances are the overall trajectory going up, but anytime it can go down, right? Yeah. So that's why it's, it's more risky. Mm-hmm. So, but when you are, you know, when you are investing for 30, 40 years, then you can invest more in stocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there are real estate, which you probably don't want to do. You know, it's like many people who are not very comfortable with the stock market, they real buy estate. real estate. Okay. And they buy houses mm-hmm. and rent it out. Okay. You know, people do but that. But that's like a, when you rent out, you're getting an immediate pay, right? You're not... 
Now that's income. So you are investing in the house. Hopefully the house value will go up over the years. Mm-hmm. And plus you're getting monthly rent payment oh, okay. from the tenants. Mm-hmm. So that's an income. So, so it's both. Okay. So, but then there are expenses, right? You have yeah. to get mortgages. You have to maintain the house. You know, all those things are there. So if you are a handy person, you can do it to yourself for the yeah. maintenance and all. Then many people like that. Or they can buy a large number of houses and then contract out to people to do stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so they slowly build up a real estate portfolio, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, that sounds like you need a lot of, like, expertise in that. Or time, you know. Time, yeah. yeah, so you have to spend more time on it. So it's like a second job, basically. Right. And there are risks associated with that. To tenants may not pay rent. Then you have True. to evict them, you know. Mm-hmm. So Or they may they may trash the place. You know, it's, it's yeah. all kinds of risks are there, too. And the real estate value can go down. Mm-hmm. So that's risky, too. But long term, it's kind of like stocks. It grows over time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like much investing in that because it's mm-hmm. I'm not handy and it, you don't like it as an investment. So, but many people do that. So, if you let's say you are you know comfortable with stock market and you're investing that way, mm-hmm. but then you just buy a house just because you need somewhere to live. Like, is that still considered an investment for you, particularly? Like- yeah, that you can consider whichever way it is, but mostly it's a need. It's something that right. you need. I don't consider it an investment. Mm-hmm. It's something you need, even if you don't buy the house you have to rent someplace mm-hmm. right so it's an expense okay. but if you buy and if you're staying in a place for long term more than seven years it is likely that you won't lose money yeah so mm-hmm. that's all i mean but again when you buy the house it, it's like buying a single stock right that particular part of the town can go down in value it's very location dependent mm-hmm. so i don't consider houses as investments it's just uh, for just, for if you're considering your house, like your own house. It's just something that you need. Yeah. So if you, are, if you don't have it, you have to rent it. Hopefully, it's, mm-hmm. it can grow in value, but mm-hmm. that's... And it's not going to be enough for... No. Investment. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so you have like, you know, you're investing in stocks and, and bonds, and but then you also hear like, you know, save for retirement or invest in retirement. You hear 401k and IRA. And is that the, yeah, is that the same as stocks and bonds or are those completely different? So let's talk about retirement. Retirement is like a goal for investment. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. it's not investment themselves. Retirement yeah. is some future expense that you're saving yeah. for, that you're investing for. They're investing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, there are different types of accounts. Terms that you hear, 401k, IRA, those are types of accounts. Those are not investments. So mm-hmm. think of them as like... They're types of investment accounts. Investment accounts, exactly. Okay. So mm-hmm. so it's like a place to hold money, yeah. not the investment themselves. Yeah. Within that, you buy stocks or bonds or mutual oh, funds, okay. right? So that's how it that works. So it's like a bucket. But what you put in the bucket is stocks or bonds. Okay, so you can have like a separate just stock and bond that's not related to retirement, right? Y- yes, you can have yeah. a regular investment account right. with an investment company that's not related to retirement, mm-hmm. but doesn't mean you can't use it for retirement. Right, it's but just it, that these other 401ks, IRAs, they have additional like tax. They have tax benefits. Stuff, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's why they are they are special They're accounts. Special. Okay. <laughs> so so those special accounts, the, the main thing is the tax benefits, okay. and there are limits. Okay. So those are the two things that distinguishes from the regular accounts. Regular account, there is no benefit tax benefits, mm-hmm. and there is no limit as to how much you can put in. But whereas four hundred one k and IRA, there are strict mm-hmm. limits on them. So one thing to note is that the limits are per year. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you miss one year and you invest up to that limit, you lose that that part. You so can't double up. They can double it next year. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's called tax advantaged space. That space, if you lose in one year, then next yeah. year it basically resets. Yeah. That's why you know that advice is to start investing in your four hundred one k because that space is valuable. Don't lose that. Okay. So you know when you're starting out, you may not have much money to invest. Mm-hmm. 
but the, it is important to get started early even if a little bit money it's a geometric progression so the arithmetic progression is just adding uh-huh. but geometric progression if you multiply yeah. over the term so mm-hmm. 1 plus r to the power of n is the future value right okay. as long as the term is long uh-huh. even if the principal is really small, small it it grows over time so uh-huh. you have to start with a small amount at least And are you talking about investing in any sort of retirement or specifically the 401k versus like a different type of retirement account or just any, any sort of any retirement? Sort of okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once you decide to invest then you have to say where to put the what are the priorities like. Right? Okay. So which accounts to put this money in first. Mm-hmm. So you can put 401k first because 401k is a retirement account provided by your employer. Mhm. and employer usually matches money also mm-hmm. so you put a percentage of your salary into it mm-hmm. so you don't even see the money you, you it just don't... gets cut from your paycheck yeah it's basically cut from your paycheck mm-hmm. and it goes to a separate account set up with a separate investment company separate from your employer but employer will have arranged it with a, a an investment company like fidelity or voya mm-hmm. so, so they... you don't have to go find your own 401k if you're at a company that has that benefit. that's right the company gives you the 401k account mm mm-hmm. and then every paycheck mm-hmm. you tell them how much to deduct from your paycheck okay and they will take that money out of your paycheck and put it in that uh, account okay and then you don't pay tax on that that amount okay. right that's a tax advantage with the 401k with the 401k mm-hmm. a regular 401k mm-hmm. then there is Roth 401k where they take tax but then when you withdraw you don't pay any tax mm-hmm. so that that's difference between traditional and roth the traditional 401k so what you were talking about provided through your employer you give them a percentage of how much you're comfortable with them putting in your correct your 401k and then that percentage is deducted from your total Mm-hmm. income mm-hmm. and you only pay tax on the remaining income. Correct. But then when you withdraw your money from when you're ready to retire from mm-hmm. your traditional mm-hmm. 401k you pay tax on that money. You pay tax. It's considered income at that time. Right. So you pay tax on that. On how much ever you withdraw. Withdraw. Uh-huh. Okay. But then there's the Roth 401k which you pay tax now. Right now, yeah. It's just like after tax. Okay. But it grows tax free. Mhm. And then you can withdraw also there is no tax. Okay. So it's like a tax free forever. Well. Mhm. Whereas traditional tax is deferred. Does traditional four hundred one k grow tax free? Yes, both grow tax free, but withdrawal time they are pay tax on the traditional one. Okay, mm-hmm. so the the strategy they say is typically like if you are starting off, you know your income is going to be lower, right? So mm-hmm. you want to start with the Roth. Correct, 401k. because you pay tax at a lower rate. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. but when you are so hopefully your income grows and then once you are in the twenty two or twenty four percent tax bracket uh, or above. that's when you want to switch to switch to traditional, traditional. Uh-huh. okay and is that the same with the ira and roth ira yep same thing ira and roth ira are things that you set up on your own employer doesn't know about it you just oh, okay. on your own it works the same way traditional ira and roth mm-hmm. ira mm-hmm. in both cases ira and uh, 401k there are limits to the amount that you can put because they are tax advantaged mm-hmm. so in the 401k the limit is like higher limit like it's like 19500 this year in a ira it is 6000 okay. so but in both cases you need what the irs call earned income meaning based on your work you earn income right if you investment income is, it's not considered earned income So if your only income is from interest and things like that yeah. then it's not, it cannot invest invest in right uh-huh. but if you have earned income uh-huh. you can invest in 401k and IRAs okay i don't see that being a problem for me <laughs> okay so then could you in theory have like four different types like you could have a traditional 401k traditional IRA and then Roth 401k and Roth IRA you can have all four of those you is can that, have all four of them is that recommended 
Yeah, I mean, depends. I mean, you have to have money, right? So basically, mm-hmm. if you have enough money to invest, you can have all four of them. What's, right? what's like the priority? Like if you have all, if you have the option to do all four of those, like which one do you start with? Uh, depending on your tax bracket, uh-huh. you put in 401k first up to the... Roth. Uh, in the Roth 401k, if it's lower tax bracket, you uh-huh. put in Roth 401k. Uh-huh. Um, and then if you're higher tax bracket, you put in traditional, traditional. 401k. Mm-hmm. Up to the limit. Yeah. Limit is like 19,500, right? Combined. Roth traditional plus. Oh, for both 401ks. Together. Okay. So you can put either in, you can put half and half or you can put however you want. Mm-hmm. But combined, you can only put 19,500. Mm-hmm. And after that, if you have more money, then you open a IRA. Mm-hmm. Again, traditional or Roth based on your tax bracket. Mm-hmm. And then fill up up to 6,000. Okay, so if you're just starting out and are not going to hit that 19500 Yeah, then it will be in 401k. You just put everything in a 401k. In a Roth 401k, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But the thing is that some plans don't offer for Roth 401k. Uh, some companies won't. Some companies won't. So you can put in the traditional 401k up to the company match. So the company, they will match up to... They will say like, oh, we'll provide a 100% match up to 6% of your salary. Mm-hmm. So you put a 6% of your salary in there. To get the free money. To get the free money, exactly. Yeah. And then if you want to contribute more, then you open a Roth IRA outside, yeah, put sense. there. And then if you have more, then you go back to 401k. Mm-hmm. And that's because the Roth IRA will give you the most tax benefits yeah. at that point yeah what if you're at like a, a non-profit and they don't have 401ks they, they have like five what is it 403b 403b yeah <laughs> yeah it's the same are it's a 401k are and 403b are, are same type of accounts from the uh, employee's point of view it's the same limits but they give you annuities to invest instead of stock and bonds so what are annuities okay so we talked about stocks bonds real estate and all yeah. there's something called annuities which are investments provided by insurance companies what? Yeah. So <laughs> insurance companies also want to, you know, get more money from you. So they, they provide products called annuities. Mm-hmm. So annuities are, you know, there are something called variable annuities, fixed annuities, all kinds of things, which you have to see, you have to look at the expenses. The one thing that you can control is expenses. Mm-hmm. If you reduce the expenses, the correlation between low expenses and high returns are is there always. The expense of investing? Expense of investing, exactly. But, so when you're putting money in like a 401k, there's no cost associated with putting that money there, in? There is, because you will be investing in mutual funds, right? So 401k, like I said, 401k is a bucket. Yeah. And within that, there's a menu of options that you can choose. Okay. So there will be stock funds, there will be bond funds, there will yeah. be balanced funds, mm-hmm. there will be target retirement funds. So target retirement fund is like they vary the allocation between stocks and bonds as you grow older, mm-hmm. right? So that's target right. retirement. Mm-hmm. So each of those funds have an expense. So Which means that like not all of the money that you'd be investing will go directly to investments. Like some of it will be like a cut that the... Yeah, it, it's like per year there's an expense for managing the investments, right? Yeah. They, they need to find the companies, they need to run their, their offices. Mm-hmm. So there's an expense. So the expense is like stock mutual funds, you know, the cheapest funds are from Vanguard or Fidelity or Schwab. They are like 0.1, percent is like that. Okay. Whereas stock mutual funds can have 2%, you know, that's a very high mm-hmm. investments. 2% mm-hmm. is like 100 90. times the cheap ones. So if you have, okay. you know, $1,000 in that account at yeah. the end of the year, they, actually every every day, in fact, they calculate how much you owe them. So 2% of... Whatever is in there. Yeah. So whatever is in your account, say there is on average there is $10,000 in the account. Mm. 2% meaning $200 mm-hmm. goes as expenses every year. Okay. So if the account grows only 3%, they take 2%. 
you only actually earn one percent, right? So mm. it's, it's like you, the expenses are very important. You have to look for low expenses. So, so in a company, when you know they've already set up a, an agreement with like fidelity mm-hmm. or something like that, mm-hmm. so you don't really get to choose. You don't get really to choose. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Okay. Four hundred three Bs. They have high expenses. So you have to see if it is very high, then it may even make sense to don't even invest in the four hundred three B. But just have your own regular investment. IRAs and then regular. Yeah. You can open always an up and an IRA with the fidelity or Vanguard and then invest in low cost funds. Right, because you don't need an employer for that. Correct. Hmm. Okay, so if even if you're at a company that has a very high expense or something like that, just basically whatever retirement option is given to you, if the expense is pretty high, it's better just to like do an IRA and then right. anything else is just on your own. Correct. Except if they match 100%, that's a good deal to get yeah, that up to. And then when you leave the employer, you can always take it out of 403B and put it in an IRA. So that's called a rollover. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're staying with the company, you can't move it. They generally mm-hmm. don't allow you to take money out when you're employed. Mm-hmm. But when you leave the company, you can roll over that 401k to an IRA or 403b to an IRA. Is that still limited to the 6,000? No. Whatever, oh. whatever you have in the account, you can roll over. It's only when you leave the company. So when you leave the company, whatever you have in the 401k, it's, you can... It's your money, you can take it. Except, you know, there are vesting. Oh, okay, yeah. So the vesting meaning your money is always there, but whatever right. companies match, sometimes they will say... You get that 100% only if you stay for four years. You yeah. Know? So it's called vesting schedule. So you might mm-hmm. say only 20% first year, 40% second year, mm-hmm. 100% in four years. And that's just whatever the company puts Companies in. match. So that's not talking about whatever you put in or any of the interest that you're receiving, right? On your part. If you look in 401k, you'll actually see sub-accounts. Mm-hmm. You'll see your part, what company put in. Your interest on yours and interest on theirs. Correct, the separate. Yeah. And also, you'll see your traditional part, your Roth part. Okay. Their match is always going to be in traditional. They won't put in Roth. Okay. You can see those sub-accounts. Yeah. Then if you leave the company before the vesting is mm-hmm. done, then they will not give you that their part of the money. Well, they'll give oh, you whatever, whatever is vested. Uh-huh. So if it's fully vested, then it's your money. You can take it, the whole thing, yeah. and then say, you can either roll it over to your new employer plan, uh-huh. If it's a good plan, like okay, it, so when you switch jobs, you can just transfer. Yeah, you can say that I have a new company, I have this new job. This is the account. The old company will send you a check, and then that check you give it to the new four hundred one k. Then they put that in. Oh, you don't have to do that. You can also open an IRA. You can roll over. There's no limit to the amount to the rollover. Mm. So you can roll over the four hundred one k to the IRA. Then it's up to you. There's, you're not limited to the four hundred one k options. If you're in a four hundred one k account, you can only invest in the limited menu of mutual funds that they they allow you to but for ira it's anything you want to buy you can buy okay if the new company's 401k's choices are good Mm -hmm. roll it over there Mm -hmm. if it is not so good high expense funds Mm -hmm. then roll it over to an ira IRA. and manage it there the growth depends on your asset allocation Mm -hmm. so if you have more top funds then long-term growth will be higher than more bond funds yeah Uh-huh. So where do you open it, right? So provided... 401k, you don't get to choose because right. it's wherever your employer tells you you're allowed to invest. Right. So we're now we're only going to be talking about IRAs. And the regular taxes. In regular, okay. Both you can open with the low-cost companies mm-hmm. like Vanguard, Fidelity, and Schwab. Okay. Those are the three companies that generally has the lowest expense. Mm-hmm. Schwab is considered one of the top customer service, so has low expenses too. So in order to open that account, you just go to their website and say, I want to open an account. And they will tell you, okay, what type of account do you want? Do you want an 
IRA account, traditional IRA account, North IRA account, a brokerage account, bank account. Brokerage account is the regular investment. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. So then, but there are other companies too, right? That have a little bit higher expense, like J.P. Morgan and, and those kinds of things. Yeah, there are there are companies like uh, Edward Jones, uh, Morgan Stanley, mm-hmm. uh, Goldman Sachs. Uh, but like, if those, those do, are high expenses. Yeah, if they have higher expenses, why would you do that? Like, what? You don't. What, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they are traditionally they were the ones to invest in a long time. Then discount brokerages and they all started in the last maybe forty years. Before that, it was all high expenses. Mm-hmm. So. Do they offer you different access to different funds or something like that? You know. Yes, that that is true. But they are high expense funds, right? They are, mm-hmm. they're calling active managed funds. Uh, so mutual funds can be active versus passive. Mm-hmm. Active is like there is a fund manager who decides which stock to invest. Like an actual person. Actual person. They will say, okay, I, I'll try to make more money than in general market yeah. returns. Whereas so index perfect. funds or passive funds, they, they buy the entire market. Or they'll say only the 500 top companies. Mm-hmm. So that's called S&P 500. Yeah. That's an index of 500 largest companies mm-hmm. in the United States. Mm-hmm. No fund manager decides. The computer calculates how much to put by each stock and then they buy. Since there's no fund manager, the expenses are low. Yeah. You don't have to pay somebody to do the research. But long term, no fund managers have beaten. Just what the market would mar- do. Yeah. You can't know. You can say who beat the market last 10 years. But you cannot say who's going to do next 10 years. So it's always better index funds are the better ones. So just generally... I mean, you don't even have to look at it. You yeah. just look for the word index fund uh-huh. and look for all Yeah, this. okay. So generally, if there is like an actively managed with a fund manager and everything, just say no to that. Right. Tying it back to what a 20-something would do, um, you know, if they're in grad school, just starting out, not a lot of disposable income. How important is investing and investing in retirement specifically for someone who, you know, has other outstanding <laughs> expenses like loans or something, you know, yeah. or, or even like a like an emergency fund. Like, how do you prioritize those expenses? You have to have an emergency fund. That's first. Mm-hmm. Then you look at loan payments. Okay. See whether your loan is high interest. Uh-huh. So if it's more than like, say, 4 to 5% per mm-hmm. year, then it's it's better to pay off the loan. If it's more than 7 to 8%, obviously you pay off the loan. Mm-hmm. Because it, well, first, okay, so it's emergency fund and then it's credit cards. Anything that's outstanding for credit cards, right? Yeah, because anything that you owe more than 7 or 8%, yeah. it's really hard to make that much yeah. in investing. Right. So it's like you're getting that much return if you pay off that. Mm-hmm. Even if you have loans that are 7 8%, if your employer matches, put that money in 401k first because mm-hmm. you're getting 100% return immediately. Yeah. And then you pay off uh, the other loan. As long as you're meeting that that minimum payment or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You have to pay the minimum payment. Mm -hmm. But you should invest in retirement at least until the employer employer match. If if you have loans less than that, you should start investing. When you're at least, especially when you're young, Mm -hmm. you can have a spreadsheet Mm -hmm. of amount that you have and then say calculate 80% into stock, 20% into bonds. That's a good starting point. Well, in your starting, you can even put 100%. Okay. Say when you're in 20s, it's good to put everything 100% stock. Uh-huh. But in terms of like how you would go about doing this. You open an account yeah. and then you buy the mutual fund. When you put money in it, then anything you want to buy, you just go into the account and say, I want to make an order. It's like buying anything. Yeah. You just say, I want to buy this mutual fund. So it'll just give you a list of list available. List of available. You can, you, can, you can search for like, I want, I want to see all the 
mutual all the stock mutual funds with uh, less than 0.3 expense ratio okay. you can search for yeah. those things mm-hmm. and then choose a fund to buy when you buy that they will say okay this fund costs you know $20 per share so you'll say that I want to buy how much are you have so like 50 bucks yeah you can fund? do 50 bucks <laughs> the 50 bucks of my money I want to put in this fund okay what they will do is take your 50 bucks uh-huh. and buy how much ever shares you can buy with the 50 bucks yeah. and they will buy that Mm-hmm. They hold it for you. Mm-hmm. And then when you want to sell it, you will say, I want to sell this much from that. So hopefully the value would have grown at the time and then you sell it, you get money back. Right? Okay. So it's like buying a product. It's like yeah. a virtual thing right. that you buy. There's also a limit order where you can say, I, I want to buy it, but I don't want to pay more than this much. Say the current price is $30. Mm-hmm. Then you'll say, oh, 30 is too much. I only want to pay $28. So I can put a limit order in there saying that I want to buy whenever the price reaches twenty eight dollars. Oh, okay. So that if the market goes down and price reaches twenty eight dollars, immediately will execute. Mm, nice. So yeah. there are there are various things you can do with like mm-hmm. that. so something called rebalancing. You also need to figure out. So mm-hmm. rebalancing is say you have asset allocation, right? Mm-hmm. You have put assume there's a 90 percent in stocks, ten percent in in bonds, mm-hmm. right? Next year when you look at it, stock would have grown further than bonds mm-hmm. hopefully yeah. so now it may be 95 percent of your portfolio uh, will be in stocks uh-huh. five only five percent in bonds so, so that the depending on how you, you probably will be adding more money to my yeah. to at the time you want buy more bonds uh-huh. to buy bring to it down to two to ten percent mm-hmm. so that way you know you can periodically rebalance yeah so th- the advantage of that is that you will be selling high and buying low okay so asset allocation and rebalancing are the long-term things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So you, you keep... That's like the maintenance that you... That's use. the maintenance you have to do every year. Okay. So some people do it every year. Some people do it every quarter. Mm-hmm. Some people do it whenever the variance is high enough. Yeah. Any of them will work. So it's if you don't want to look at it, just put money in. Look, it's People do like birthday rebalancing. They'll say, <laughs> every birthday I will look at it and see if it is... Mm-hmm. If the allocation has gone over then you you sell enough of just to get it back just to get it back Mm -hmm. right so it's never too little to start investing right the best time to invest is whenever you have money Okay, so, <laughs> that's a good way to set so, it up. Yeah, so you decide, say, I want to invest 50 bucks, 50 bucks a month, mm-hmm. which is fine. Just invest that into the account and then forget about it. And then... So even if you just have like $30 at the end of the it. month, yep. you're like, okay. You can invest it. Invest the, the thing is, there are some minimums you have to consider, some, mm. some of the, but Fidelity and Schwab, they don't have any minimums. You can oh, put nice. even $1 you can put. Okay, yeah, they, they, that's they, good they, to Okay, last thing. There are different types of index funds according to different like preferences, right? For like what you want your money to go to, right? Because I know we talk about like there are yeah. certain index the, the, funds that will never, you know, invest in a company that you don't support. So like let's say, let's just, you know, an, an extreme example, let's say you don't want to invest in, I don't know. Tobacco. Tobacco, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you're not going to want to yeah. support that with your money, you can... Choose an investment fund that says, okay, well, we're not going to invest in tobacco, so you don't have to worry that your money's going to go there. Right. So that's called socially responsible investing or, or ESG or environment, social, governmental funds. Those are generally a little higher expensive, but if you want it, uh, there are, you know, Catholic values funds, which you only invest in according to the Catholic bishop's recommendation. Hmm. There are 
ESG funds which says I uh, won't invest in oil companies or mm-hmm. um, anything like that mm-hmm. so there are the thing is since everything is interconnected mm-hmm. maybe hard to do that but there are mutual funds like that Thank you so much for being here and for listening to today's conversation. This concludes our episode all about investing. I hope it provides a good starting point into the topic as we navigate this area of personal finance together. If you are curious about diving deeper into any of these topics mentioned today or would like us to talk about a particular area of personal finance, you can email us at mydadsfinancialadvice@gmail.com, no apostrophe, and we'll be able to see what you're most interested in. That email will also be in the podcast description and we would love to hear from you. Thanks again everyone for listening. Take care and I will talk to you next time. The My Dad's Financial Advice podcast is not hosted by professional personal finance advisors and all information presented herein is not to be considered official recommendations. Please consult trusted certified experts for your own personal financial considerations. Thank you.